Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. Hey, welcome to Bulls Gold here on the Barroom Network. I'm Edward Schuler, joined as always by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Ed. Just uh, excited. Bulls basketball is back. We watched some uh, a handful of preseason games here, and I think we have some good stuff to talk about. Obviously, some things that we can uh, go over and maybe we'll nitpick about, but just, yeah, the, we have a lot of, like, uh, tape here that we can really dig into as far as the things that have happened with uh, various situations, lineups, different things Billy's trying to do with lineups, like the stuff that he's testing out there, um, the things that he's trying, the Bulls, the things that the Bulls are trying to do offensively is much different this, at least in these first three preseason games compared to a lot of what we saw last year with heavy reliance on just an ISO DeMar situation, obviously because of certain circumstances with Zach's injury and various other things happening last year. Um, it, we had to kind of revert to, you know, depending on the King of the fourth. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's, it's been interesting seeing that and it's going to be fun to kind of get into that and talk about it. Yeah, we have a a lot to get into. We're going to react to the first three preseason games. Uh, Bulls going two and one in that stretch against uh, Toronto, Denver, and New Orleans. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna we have a lot to talk about with uh, Patrick Williams. Uh, we were talking about him before this show, so we have a, a good discussion on him. We're gonna talk about Vooch. We're gonna talk about some of the lineups that we've seen so far. Uh, we're going to talk about Io and Dalen Terry, and we're also going to continue our discussion on uh, where the East is, uh, like where the Eastern Conference is standing, and just kind of some general NBA topics. But uh, what better way to to ring in some of this NBA action, our first week of NBA action on the upcoming season, than bring in two of our favorite uh, guys to talk Bulls basketball with, uh, Chris Abinson and Laryl Golden, guys. Welcome back to Bulls Gold. We can't wait to get into all of this with you, but uh, what's going on? How are you feeling right now? Feel at home. Feel at home. <laughs> Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. It's been, I know Larry and I have been itching to talk Bulls and uh, it's nice to get some game action. We can finally break down a little bit. So appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> Chris hit it on the head. I mean, I'm I'm ready to talk some Bulls. I'm ready to, to, to get some things off my chest. I mean, there is a lot of, like you said, Ed and, and, and Salim, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of good content to talk about. We've got a couple games under our belts. We got some different lineups to talk about. So it's like, I'm, I'm just ready to talk about it, man. And, and 
you know, have a good discussion, man, because that, that's what that's what it's all about. It's having a good discussion and being informative and not giving off these hot, takey meatball <laughs> takes, you know. So I'm happy to be here, guys. You know, I, I do want to say it's the last time we were trying to get you on together, but we just couldn't make that uh, schedule align and we had two separate episodes. And mm. I'm not trying to instigate anything here, <laughs> but Lero did end up having the most downloads uh, between you two of those when you guys are on, like Lero beat you, Chris, and download. So people wanted to hear from Coach Lero more. That's the least I, surprising I news I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with these people, man? I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> like, hey, oh, y'all man. better get off my boy Chris, man. Listen to this brother. He preaches, no, man. He preaches. Chris, Chris, is, Chris no, is awesome. Our, our episode with Chris yeah, is great. Was, Both episodes were great. No, they were. They yeah, were really yeah, fun. They were both good. amazing episodes. They were really good episodes. Yeah. So before That's we... Right, man. I, I know my pecking order. I know where I'm at. Don't worry <laughs> about it. So before we, before we kind of get into some of the, the individual topics that we have going on, let's, let's just get some general, like, you know, reactions to what we've seen in preseason so far. So uh, we're actually recording this about, what, like 30-ish minutes after the uh, game against the Raptors. Uh, just ended Bulls winning that one, one fifteen to ninety eight. But uh, let me start with you, Chris. Just some general. What are some general takeaways that you've seen so far that have really stuck out to you in these uh, first three preseason games? I actually like, for the most part, what what I've seen. I thought we came out a little slow defensively in the Pelicans game. Um, a lot of late rotations or missed rotations in that game. Um, but we cleaned it up a little bit more in Denver. And then after the first half, there were lots of turnovers tonight against Toronto in the first half. Um, but they really cleaned it up. And I just thought it got crisper as, as, it, as it went on. And I've actually been kind of impressed with some of the, you know, some of the role players. I think Io has, has shown out so far. I think Kobe's quietly had some pretty nice games. Um, I think Andre Drummond and, and Goran Dragic have shown you kind of their worth, although I don't expect Drummond to just drill threes like he did tonight, three for three. Um, but, you know, I do think, and I think we we talked about this before, but, you know, the Andre Drummond and, and Gordon Drogic signings for me were a little underwhelming in the sense that I thought the Bulls really wanted to compete for a championship this year with all the stuff that was going on in the East. Um, they brought in capable backups, so guys who are proven, you know, former All-Stars have played on really kind of high-octane teams. So, I think those guys are really, really nice to have as backstops. I think they raise your floor as a team. And I think a lot of people are worried about the floor of the bulls this year. And so I think, I think, you know, AK and Mark Eversley have done a nice job bringing them in. I think they're going to fit well with the rotation based on what I've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 um, my bad, Ed, my bad brother. Um, no, I, I echo uh, everything that Chris uh, brought up. I mean, I, I definitely understand a little bit of the, um, you know, the worry about what the floor could be just because of how the season ended last year. Um, but, I mean, if you come in kind of level-headed and you take a look at the roster um, and, and, you you know, you say to yourself, you know, Zach Levine wasn't healthy. Uh, at all last year. And if you can get – if you can get a, a, you know, a fully healthy Zach Levine for – you know, hopefully most of the season, if not all the season, I mean, that's a huge boost. I mean, DeMar DeRozan has talked about how huge it is to have a healthy Zach Levine because he didn't really get that. Um, you know, so a lot of a lot of what we saw from DeMar was kind of because of that. And also, you know, because, uh, you know, after this 
season, you kind of look at the numbers of, of Vooch and saw like, man, he didn't really have the baddest season as everybody thought he was, but like the shooting that uh, he wasn't knocking down the shooting. So <clears throat> it kind of forced DeMar into a, a role that people think is unsustainable. But if you, if you have a healthy Zach Levine, I mean, I think you, you don't have really have to worry about having a MVP level type DeMar. Um, but overall, man, like I agree with everything Chris just said. And, and um, I mean, honestly, man, I think they were underwhelming. Um, but I think that, you know, Andre Drummond is is showing some, some of the ability that we didn't really get from like a Tony Bradley and things like that. Like I truly believe like you can run some dribble handoffs, you can put them in different situations to, to be a decision maker. And he does a really good job of that. I think for what, for what you can expect from his type of play, but um, I'm just really ready to 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 see the season and see how things go, man. But that, those are kind of like my general thoughts um, at the moment. So, yeah, the the Zach Levine being healthy, obviously, it's it's a big part. Um, and I, I've consistently said, um, monitoring his minutes, trying to keep him in a, a certain sweet spot, maybe even taking him, saying like, okay, this, we're in the fourth game in five nights, maybe you shouldn't play. Just try to you know look for ways to keep them fresh throughout the season. That's hundred percent going to be important. Uh, but I want to talk about is our main man, our big man, Vooch. Uh, obviously, all of us have been obviously admittedly saying, okay, yeah, he he didn't live up to expectations right, you know, off the bat as far as what we were expecting. But the criticism he got overall was overblown and not really warranted, like the extreme criticism. Um, and I, I think for me personally, I, I felt like that criticism kind of weighed on him as the season went on. And and I think that played in part on why he was – every game when he was taking shots, missing them, seeing those shots not going, and that would – he would probably hear the social media crowd just kind of going in on him, just – Vooch is bad. He's you know he's not good, and you know the tr- harping on the trade and what they gave up for him. Um, I I do think that me- the mental part kind of was not good for him. I think watching him play now, and obviously uh, what the Bulls are doing offensively, uh, the f- more free flowing offense, doing a little more action between like him, Zach, and Demar, um, trying to get him involved, getting him touches. But I just feel like he feels more carefree out there as well. So, um, Larry, I'll start with you. Can you tell me what you've seen from Booch as far as the things that he's doing out there in, in these first preseason games and how you see things that are different from these three games at least to compare to last season? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think he talked about uh, what how, how he felt about last year and, and how he felt like he kind of fell in love uh, or he uh, felt like he was – kind of forced to only shoot, you know, stretch the floor. Um, and the f- biggest thing I see from if, even just the box scores, like tonight he was one for three from the three-point line. Like last year he was taking, you know, he's taking a bunch of threes. And I think that took away from his, you know, his ability to be more than that. Um, and I think that what we've also seen is like the, you know, post touches um, and being able to work out of the post. And I think that's an, a dimension that the Bulls didn't really tap into as much as they should have, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I, I just think that 
he, like you said, like he looks a lot more comfortable. Um, he also, again, did voice the fact of like now he kind of knows, you know, he, he he wasn't used to that role he was in. And now he kind of knows how to attack it. Um, and he just looks more comfortable. There's no doubt about that. Um, he he's very, very confident. Um, his defense, his defense is, is just been everything you can expect from him and maybe even a little bit more. Like I, I, I'm very happy with his effort there. Um, I mean, also it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that it's a contract year, but at the same time, like, I mean, the dude is, these are things that we knew he could do well. Um, he just, it just didn't really, you know, click that that much last season in terms of how, how confident he was. And, and like you said, like you said, Salim, like he just looks in a different mindset right now. Like he, he's just ready to attack the season. And uh, I like the way he looks right now, man, you basketball, any sport you play, like it, body language says a lot. And that dude looks like he's ready to rock and roll for this season. Um, and I think it also makes him a little bit more confident as well, knowing that, you know, Billy and him have talked about, Hey, look, I don't want to be just the the floor spacer. I do think I can help this team, you know, from the post, the mid post area, you know, put the ball in my hands a little bit more and let me, let me, you know, create as well. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, and I'm happy. Hopefully some of these people can look at his game and, and, and appreciate what, what type of player he is and not just use him as a scapegoat, you know? So and, that's how and, I feel about him. And, and to, Talk about the post uh, play that he's doing, and it's and a lot of people, when they hear post play, they automatically revert to like oh the '90s because you know you're you're slowly trotting the ball up the half court, you know doing a post entry pass and letting your big man back out back down back down. But we're kind of seeing what they meant by post presence, giving touches like they're running actual actions to try to get them quick like hits in the post, like, not like, let's, let's bring the ball up, get it to Vooch. And then, you know, as, as the clock is winding down, he's going to try to get a shot up. We're, we're seeing what they mean by getting a more force of uh, post touches, at least in the modern game, what post touches really means. Uh, um, real quick. Like, I think also like perfect, the perfect, uh, you know, summary of what, like I was, what, what, what pe- I think what people think when they hear uh, um, the post game, but I, I, what a way I look at it is, is like, just if, if he was like, I don't know, some big that was not a good passer and he wasn't that good at the post game and we were still doing post touches, like then I would, I would get everybody's worry, but this is a guy that, yeah, he, he can, he can score down there, but also just taking a look at uh, the first preseason game, even, Right where he got the po- the ball down in the post, and they they dig because they know how good of a post post player he is, and he kicks it back out, and that alone creates you know if you put a Zach Levine or a Demar Derozan uh, you know directly you know one pass away, that alone creates a, a closeout opportunity they they can attack, or if it's Zach Levine taking an open shot, so it's like just a post touch and seeing how the defense reacts to it, you'll be able to make things work. So I. I that's what I love about it because it just adds that other dimension. And in, in the Bulls were, I mean, let's face it, they were predictable, you know, on offense towards the end of the year, you know, and and they, they became people knew what to do. They knew how to guard, you know, how to guard them because one, we didn't really do anything other than like a pick and roll, pick and pop, you know, anything like that, you know, uh, Chicago action. Um, but now with that added dimension, now a team has to worry about okay, they're actually going to get Vooch some touches down low, so we have to worry about that. Also, we got to worry about Demar. Also, we got to worry about Zach, you know, so it's like now you add a little bit more to the plate of a uh, of an opposing team when they come in to, to play in those guys. 
Lara, to your point, uh, Will Gottlieb tonight uh, pointed out two different plays with that exact action where where Vooch and Zach were kind of playing near each other. Zach was playing one pass away. The first time they doubled Vooch as he was backing down his man in the post, Zach got an open three out of it. The second time, stayed on his man. Vooch did a little nice fancy footwork and got his shot in the lane. And that's, you know, both of those guys are three-level scorers. I think we forget about Vooch being a three-level scorer, but the man ran the offense. He was the guy in Orlando for several years. He can pass. He can make actions. He can make those reads. And I, I do want to say, I just beg Bulls fans, please, this season, do not pick a scapegoat to place all of your blame on. You guys have done this every year, it seems like. It was Chris Dunn, and then it was Wendell Carter, and then it was Vooch last season. And then I already see, I already hear the Pat Williams stuff starting this preseason. The man has played 88 games in his career, 88. And like there, people are already doing this stuff. So you do, you do see the mental breakdown. Like you saw that Vooch was having a tough time last year and he never said anything about it, but that stuff affects people. And Wendell, Wendell's talked about how it affected him. And it's based on nonsense. To be honest, most of it is just nonsense. Like Vooch played really well for the most part last year. His shot was not falling early on. But what he was doing on the defensive end, he can work really, really well in a system. We were top 10 defense for the first like half the year while everyone was more, we were mostly healthy. And then, you know, I thought he played really well in the playoffs too. Defense was not our problem in the playoffs. It was offense. We, we couldn't do anything offensively from the three-point line. And the Bucks dared us to shoot. So I think Vooch has come in looking a lot more comfortable. It looks a lot more like he did late season, last season. And I agree with everything Laro said, you know, like the diversifying their offense is reliant on Vooch being that guy. And you can see it early on. I think the dividends are paying off and, you know, we haven't really seen Zach go at it yet. He's been, he's looked kind of at 50% speed, just trying to ramp up, but that's a really dynamic offense between those three guys. And Vooch is a key part of that. Mm-hmm. I, I like what I've seen from Vooch in the preseason so far. He looks, he looks very relaxed. He's, He's really shooting the ball well from three. He's playing well defensively, and he's showing signs of being that player that the Bulls got when they initially traded for him. So uh, if they can get that player from this, for this season, then the team overall is really going to have a higher ceiling uh, going forward for this season. So kind of shifting into something that we were discussing uh, before we started recording with Patrick Williams and I'm sure there's going to be a lot to this discussion, but uh, one of the things that we did notice uh, and well, has been obvious during the first three pre- uh, preseason games has been the Bulls alternating the starting four uh, during each game. So Patrick Williams started the first game. Um, Javante started uh, game two and then Derek Jones Jr. started today's game against uh, Toronto. So. Uh, Billy Donovan experimenting with the starting lineup, also experimenting with the bench unit some. So we've seen Patrick Williams in uh, two games off the bench and, you know, everyone's been rotating. So let me let me start with you, Chris. Uh, One, what have you what have you thought of uh, Patrick Williams and how he's performed in preseason so far? And what do you think about how the team has approached this preseason with these different lineups, the different starting lineups and kind of experimenting with Patrick Williams, almost in that, that six man type of role. 
I think it's been fine so far. Um, I, I don't know what people are freaking out about. Like his, his shot attempts are up in low minutes. He's taking, I think, good shots. He's not hesitating on those threes as much. So when he's in that starting lineup, he's like the fourth or fifth banana on offense. He just is. And it's not because he's not aggressive. It's because you got Zach and Damar and Vooch and, you know, like Caruso or Lonzo when they're, when they're out there. So he's not going to be the focal point of the offense. He's going to be the guy that they're kicking out to or, you know, making back cuts or screening and diving. That's what he's going to be doing on the offense. So the first game, we, that's what we saw. He was, you know, he was posting up or he was spotting up from the outside and shooting. What I really liked is that they've integrated him with the bench unit a little bit more because that's where he's going to be able to get his own. And I think we've seen it. We saw, it especially in the third quarter, of the game against Denver. I thought he was looking for his shot more. He was creating off the dribble. He was trying to set other guys up. I thought he did a nice job. He had 11 points and I think he played 19 minutes. Um, you know, tonight he was doing the same thing. He, his shot wasn't falling as much, but he was doing a lot more with that second unit. I thought he, he took, um, he took a lot of creation duty. So I, I see a lot of people kind of being down on him because he's not a, He's not like this energy guy like Javante. He's such a different guy than Javante is. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't be effective in his role and he can't be a positive. You know, we need this. We need Patrick Williams. We need what he provides as a as a weak side rim protector. We need his three-point shooting. We need his secondary handling and passing when he's playing that role. And he can he can run, you know, from a creation standpoint, a bench unit. I think he can do that effectively. And I think we've got a bench, better bench unit this year to do that with. So, you know, I, as I said, he's played 88 games. He missed all of basically last year, but we've seen some flashes. Now we just need him to have time to gain consistency in that performance. That's going to come. He's going to get that consistency. And I think it's way too early to say one way or the other, how effective he's going to be. But I think we need his skill set at least from a theoretical standpoint. And I think he's, he's doing the right things on the court so far to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so the thing is for me is um, I get frustrated with with people Tell that that Tell uh, <laughs> that, that they, uh, um, you know since one player is call doing people something, out, call them all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, certain people think you know they see uh, Javante Green doing a certain playing a certain type of way. That, oh my God, like that's it, Pat, right there. That's it. That's how you're supposed to play. Forget it. Mark K, you my brother. You my brother. And I always see you on Twitter talking about some, hey, this is it right here, Pat. This is how you got to play. Let's talk about something for a second, okay? First of all, Javante Green, the way he plays right now, is the way he had to play to make it in this league. He was not a player that could come in this league and go off the bounce or he uh, he wasn't shooting threes until this preseason. My brother, we'll talk about that in a second. But like – the way he's playing is the play, the, the way he is used to playing, the way he had to play to make it in the NBA. So it's a lot, a little bit easier for a, a veteran of his, of his stature that's been in the league and been overseas and understands like, yo, I got to get it. I got to get it how I can to make it in this league. You know, that it just, it just so happens that when you have a three stars on a team, like a Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic that a player like of Javante stature, like he, he's, he fits. He fits because the, the type of play they need around them is what Javante is actually good at. Now, I, th- I think some people think that like, oh man, it, it looks so easy that it just, it's a certain skill that you could just pick up. 
Like, yeah, you look at Pat and you see him, he's a pretty good cutter, right? But like for Javante, that's how he can get his bucket. That's how he's always gotten his bucket. So he's always looking to cut because that's the way he's always played. Pat, at every level, high school, the ball was in his hands. So you can say, oh, this, this, this is, you know, oh, it's an excuse. To, that Pat needs the ball in his hands. No, that is how he has always played. When he was in high school, he was the point guard. He is used to having the ball in his hands. So when you, and then you go to preseason, right? You, I'm, I'm sorry, you go to the uh, uh, summer league last, this 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 past year, uh, and you see it. He performs better when the ball is in his hands. You go to Minnesota. Yes, albeit wasn't the best, the, the starters out there for Minnesota, but he looks more comfortable when he, the ball is in his hands. He's not some makeshift, you know, get it how you, you know, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a working. No, that's not his game. Like, yes, he's a pretty good cutter and he's starting to learn how to play off of those three guys, but it's not that easy. It's not oh my God, look at Javante. He's doing it. Why can't Pat do it? It ain't, it's not like that. It's not like, it's like seeing Justin Fields play quarterback and you look at Tom Brady. That's it right there. Tom Brady, that Justin, there it is right there. (laughs) What? No, that's not how it works. These dudes have different skill sets. That, that, that is a skill set. No matter how much you think it's just an energy thing. No, it is a skill set to be able to know, have that, 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 that feel on the court when to cut. How, when to you know you have leverage to get behind on a back cut? When to know uh, how, how to get to a spot, uh, find an angle, find a window to get your – that is a skill set. And I guarantee you, if you go back and you watch film of Javante, he was never – he wasn't – he wasn't at this level, and he's, he probably hasn't been on a team that that could use his skill set, the what he has right now. So it wasn't it wasn't like as illuminated. But like, yes, okay, I'm I, I'm I'm just so frustrated with this thing because nobody nobody want everyone wants Pat this this instant. They see Scotty Scotty Barnes, and they're like, oh my god, Scotty Barnes has the dog in him. Go check the X ray. Like, no, guys. These are different players. They're different players. Why can't we understand that? If it was that easy to to ha- have these certain skill sets, every damn body would do it. Like I I oh man. Um okay, I'm off I'm off the rant. Okay. I I just want to say that most one of the hardest things for Pat was coming into the year, I mean coming to his rookie year, this team was built – this wasn't a, a win-now team that it is now and it was last year when we got Vooch. Totally different developmental plan compared to what he had when he first came in. Fast forward to this year, okay? If Javante Green can be the player that he is right now, albeit I'm not expecting him to shoot 75% from three uh, for, for the whole season – but if he could just be a 35, somewhere around there, percent shooter to have that – uh, that that uh, attention from defenses, that's perfect. If he's a good defender, that's perfect. Maybe this may be a blessing in disguise for how about we can bring, we can slowly bring him back, get get Pat going, and he could play against, he doesn't have to, 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 to have all this pressure on him. He can be in a unit that he can get the ball and get more comfortable. And then once, maybe once he starts to show signs of like being that, that player, I guess that everybody wants to see, then you add him in. So like I I don't I don't I don't see I don't see a uh, a downside of this. I don't understand why why so many people are like oh my god if he's coming off the bench that's a bust. It's a number four pick that's a bust. No like Billy Donovan's job 
And everybody in that organization's job is to find a way to get something out of this kid, to make that pick work. And I don't care if it's starting or coming off the bench. If he's contributing to winning, that's all that matters because he's still young. I don't care how many people think, oh, here we go, the young thing. No, he's still young. And if he can contribute to winning right now, he's only going to get better. It, it, I'm done. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, I want to say, well, I, I wanted to kind of pick on that part about him needing the ball in his hand and, and kind of being having more opportunities in general. And that's not going to happen when he shares most of his minutes with DeMar and Zach. And that's something we've all kind of talked about here or there. So I think that coming off the bench, if, if he if he's coming off the bench, playing more of his minutes with a guy like Vooch, who will look to pass the ball more, a guy like Goran, who seemingly has fit in pretty well as far – I mean, the first game was kind of rough, but last game I thought he did pretty well trying to look for guys, uh, not just his own shot or whatever have you, but trying to look and feed Pat. And obviously that in – and those certain lineups, Pat can be a little more assertive and more aggressive and, and look for his own offense. So I, I think that's another benefit, in my opinion, of him coming off the bench and letting him kind of mix in that way and kind of being able to, you know, at that point, show more of his offensive skill sets that he's worked on. Um, and the other thing is, obviously, defensively. Now, I didn't get to watch the second half of today's game, but I think I've, I've liked what I've seen from Pat defensively. Like, I feel like his rotations have been nice. Uh, Chris mentioned it. He's been sound in that regards. Um, like, he, I feel like he, he's doing a good job of being disruptive, using his physical tools, like his his big hands, his, his length and everything like that. So, those are the more important things for me on, on the defensive end that stick out that I need to see him be consistent on because that's not been consistent in the past whatever years. And that's because obviously he's a rookie, uh, missed a lot of time. It's a learning experience. Catching up to the speed of the game is a big factor too. So those things matter, but the tool set, the skill sets were always there. And I think, that I feel like the defensive side, we've seen consistency at least. And I'd like to hear more of your thoughts on that as well. Uh, both of you, Larry and Chris, as far as like him coming off the bench, getting that opportunity, playing away from Zach and those little other nuances as well and, and that come with that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Laro, I love it. We need more rants from you. <laughs> I think people just need to be a lot more patient in general. And it's not just with Pat. I think, I think in general fans are very, very, what have you done for me lately? And I just don't think that basketball executives think that way. I don't think coaches think that way. I think it's just a fan thing. We set these expectations so high based on our own. I mean, it's not like players are expecting these things or it's not like the teams are it's us as fans that we, we put these expectations on these players and then we're mad when they don't reach our expectations in our, on our timeline. So I think first of all, we just need to be a lot more patient. And I know there's like a time crunch with the DeMar and Vooch timelines, but that's not Pat's fault. I mean, why is that on him? He's, he's going to try and do 
the best he can. He's going to try and be the best player he can be because that's in his best interest and the team's best interest. But, you know, I, I want to talk about Scotty Barnes for a second. Scotty Barnes is a different player. They obviously both played Florida State. Um, Scotty Barnes is a great passer. Very, very good passer. Uh, you know, from the elbows, top of the key. And that fits right into what the Raptors need because you saw the Raptors offense tonight. It is a lot, it was reliant very much in, in some ways to the Bulls. It's relying a lot on their defense and their defense creating offense for them. Their half court offense is not very crisp. I do not, you know, I do not see them being a top 10 offense, but Scotty Barnes flows really well in that because he, he moves the ball really well. He's got great vision. And so he stepped into this role where that fit his skill set, just like Javante steps into this role, you know, like Javante is what 29, I think. And split overseas. He just found the right role with the bulls. He has found the role that fits his skill set really well. And he's like, Hey, and I got to shoot some threes now. <laughs> um, Patrick is finding his role. As Laro said, it's, he wants the ball in his hands. That's where he's always been most effective, but the man is, you know, he's shot, he's shooting 41% from three for his career, not on high attempts, but like he's doing his job. He just needs to get more time and consistency. All right. To finally answer your question on the defensive end. I mean, we haven't, I haven't seen a whole lot of stuff from him athletically. Like we haven't seen like a big chase down block or, or weak side rim protection or anything yet. Um, but you know, the bulls are kind of, they've changed up their defensive scheme a little bit. I've noticed they're, they're playing Vooch more at the level of the screen and, and Andre Drummond is also kind of, um, playing that same way. And one thing I really like is that Andre Drummond's skill set on both ends is a lot more similar to Vooch than Tony Bradley's was to Vooch. And so there's a little bit of reciprocity there, um, or, or what is it? That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, you can kind of replicate some of what Vooch does on the offensive end and the defensive end based on, on what they do. Um, they're both strong rebounders. They both can pass really well. Um, and so, you know, I think they're trying to fit into that a little bit more, but you know, I haven't, I haven't to be, to be fair in these first three, three preseason games, I haven't done a lot of film review on Patrick Williams, individual defense. I know he did a pretty decent job on, on Zion one-on-one. He got beat once on the baseline for a nice, uh, nice dunk, <laughs> but it's Zion Williams. And he's maybe the most explosive guy at that size the NBA has ever seen. Um, so it's, it's hard to expect him in his first preseason game <laughs> to just hold that down, but he also stonewalled him a couple times. So I'm encouraged by Pat because of his size, because of his, um, because of his length, because of where he's put on the floor. I think he's going to be fine on that end. He just needs time to do that. So that that's a long winded way of saying, you know, we'll see, but you know, it's been encouraging so far in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I agree <clears throat> uh, with Chris. Like um, one of the biggest things too, is like, if you don't, if you're, if, if, if you're not hearing, you know, Pat's name a lot and, and is that, how am I trying to say this? How am I, how, how can I say this? Like if, if for instance, if, if it's the Daniel Gafford effect, Right. Exactly. Right. Where if like if he's always in the right position, like there's no need for uh, some crazy big time block or anything like that. That just means he's in sound position. Um, but I I just truly hope that people just just worry about like just simply worry about the defense. Right. Let the offense come as it may. 
the defense is the one thing that if you want to be criti- critical of, that's fine. That 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 to me is fine because that should fit his skill set of what he's shown even at the collegiate level of being a pretty good weak side rim protector. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, even I would love to see a, a little splash of small ball five, Pat, as well, because I think he can add sc- scheme versatility for you um, if you're looking for that. Because also, too, defensively, we didn't we couldn't really change up our scheme at all. So teams just knew how to attack us every single time down the floor. And so, like, you know, with Vooch, yeah, they show him at the level, but he ain't going to really be out there too much longer. You're right, you show him at the level, he's going to drop. Like, you don't want him to do much else. Right with with uh, with DeAndre, you show him at the level, but even DeAndre has shown some 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 ability in past years to switch. So if you wanted to show a different look of switching, he, he's pretty nimble for his size actually, and so he could stay in front of a guy for just an amount of just a good amount of time for your t- defense to get reset up and be able to help and be in right positions. Um, and then as for Pat, like if you want to run him at small ball five, like you could do a bunch with Pat. I mean. I, I I'm very excited to see if if Billy does that if he does try I know he wanted to uh, uh, AK talked about some small ball four for uh, for Dalen maybe that's a, a lineup you throw out there with Dalen and Pat maybe it's something I, I mean obviously not yet but like I'm just thinking you know ahead but I think that's where your scheme versatility can come at the five is if you play some pad at the five sometimes and then drumming as well, being able to switch and also at the level, he's got really good hands. So, uh, I mean, the defense for Pat, just let it, let it, let it grow. And I think for, for the most part, it's been where it needs to be and hopefully it can just keep going um, and get better and better and better. And then hopefully we'll, you know, at some point, you know, maybe he'll give people what they want in terms of like, you know, some crazy snatch block or something like that. I don't know. But like as long as he's in the right spots and he's making that that ball handler that's coming off a screen, think twice about throwing a lob and thinking about should I throw the lob or should I throw it to that skip it to that corner? That's all you need, because all you, all you really need is a ball handler to really have to take that second to think. And that'll give you enough time to be where you need to be. So as long as he's doing that, we're all good. So real quick. When the season starts, ultimately, do you do both of you see them rolling with the starting lineup with Patrick Williams as a starting power forward, or do you think that they're maybe going to start with Javante? Like, which direction do you see them going? I would, with Lonzo out, I'd probably start Javante if they're not going to start Crusoe. I I think it's just because of the perimeter defense, and also he can guard fours, and I think you're – you're going to play more to your strengths with the four guard lineup um, than having Pat. I mean, I wouldn't mind having Pat out there, but if you have Pat and Io out there, both are young enough and green enough on the defensive end that I think it's going to be tougher for you to play the way you want to start defensively uh, mm-hmm. with, with those guys. But if you have Io and Javante out there, I think you have a little bit better of a chance playing more aggressively on the perimeter defensively, being able to play Vooch at the level a little bit better and having to rely less on DeMar and, and Zach defensively. So I can, I completely understand the, from the basketball standpoint, why Javante would get the start. So I wouldn't mind seeing him in there. And I also think that Pat, you know, this is kind of a, this is the question I have is just putting Pat on the bench. Yes. It increases his on ball creation opportunities. Um, but is it going to lead to winning I don't know yet. You know, like I think that's good for his development, but I'm not sure that's what the Bulls are really focused on this year. 
we'll see. But I think, you know, if they were to start that way, while Lonzo's out, I, I think that's probably going to result in the best lineup combinations to start the season. So, yeah. for, <clears throat> oh, my bad. Saying, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead there. Um, so I, here's my thing. Like, I, I don't know if this is like some roundup because coaches have this thing where they do things to kind of see if they can get something to tick uh, for a player. And I, I don't, I don't, I kind of feel like Pat has been, hasn't been bad to the point where you're trying to send a message to wake him up or anything like that. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's been that level where you, as a coach, you're like, man, like we got to send a message. So I, I hope it's not that, but like, sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, man, is Billy trying to send a message to him? Like, Hey, you know, we, we, you know, wake up. We need you to be more aggressive. I don't know. Which for me, again, like watching the games, I think he's done what he needs to do in terms of being aggressive with his uh, opportunities. But I think it's tough, man, because I would, I don't mind either. Right. I don't mind if you bring him off the bench. I also don't mind if you start Javante just because Javante, what, what kind of what uh, Chris was alluding to is like without Lonzo, you need that other like perimeter guy to, to, you know, uh, point of attack, things like that. So part of me feels like that is probably the right role, right, right, what right way to, to go about things um, is to maybe start Javante and bring uh pat off the bench. Um, man, that's, I, I would say, I probably would start Javante. Um, I think that probably is the right way to go for both sides, both sides of things uh, for Pat and for the team to start off. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's what I would do. And I, I, I think that's where it, it is heading. Uh, because when they, I remember in the press conference after, the game, it, it just kind of felt like, you know, Billy liked what he saw from Javante starting. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, so what we've seen for Javante this so far this offseason or preseason, I should say, um, obviously he's doing his regular stuff like off the ball, just a ball of energy, just running up and down the court. There's five Javantes out there that that's still – that still is uh, uh, correct. There are five Javantes out there, but uh, the three ball that looks like he's worked on it. Like he's, he took the off season. He said, all right, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, uh, how many ever shots I need to get up, practice my, my shooting. And I, I feel like his, his, his form looks a little different. Like the release looks a little bit different. Maybe that's, me just overanalyzing it, but I feel like there's something that he's done to kind of maybe not have kind of have a little smoother release. And so far, I mean, again, there's preseason and, you know, preseason is different from the regular season and maybe things will revert back to the means when the regular season starts with the shooting. But let me tell you, like if he, if he continues to hit the three ball, the way he has, he, he does seem like the obvious starter at this point. Um, especially to help space the floor a little bit and also to provide that uh, the, the way that he, that he does play off the ball um, and the, just the general energy that he brings. I, that's one of the criticisms I always have had with this, with this t- team and with DeMar and Zach too. I, I love those guys. I love those guys as a duo, but I always wonder, it's like, man, I wish that they would be more vocal leaders 
overall, like more energetic to start the game because sometimes they just come out so flat. And when you don't have Lonzo, who's a little bit more energetic, and when you don't, you know, you're you need that from somebody, and and Javante can bring that. And it's kind of unfortunate that they have to rely on Javante to bring that energy. He shouldn't be the one that has to be that guy. But I mean, that's another benefit I think to starting Javante. So I would love to hear your thoughts on the shooting. Like, am, am I imagining it? Like, is is that form look a little different to you at least, or may, or maybe like I said, maybe I'm imagining uh, it. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> I was just motioning to Laro, but uh, uh, I don't think you're imagining things. I think I think it looks a little cleaner. The arc is a little bit better on the shot. He and Io, I've noticed. Like I know Io, Laro and I talked about this last year. The form, especially his feet, when he shot, his feet were always kind of all over the place when he would land. I just think it, he looks a little cleaner. Looks a bit more natural, practiced. For both of them. And yeah, I mean, we, we will have to see how it plays out over the season, but Javante shot like 35% last year. Um, I think the Bulls as a team need to get their, need to get their uh, volume up uh, because they were actually as a team shot really well, but the amount of shots were just not there. Right. And that was even before Lonzo left. Right. And Javante only took like 1.6 attempts a game. So like if yeah. he can double that even, that'd be pretty cool. Like if he can take like three or four a game and hit at 37%, like that'd be really nice. That would, that would help the Bulls offense a lot, especially if he's going to be in that starting unit. That's the role that they want Patrick Williams to play is to spot up for those threes and hit him. And if they can hit him at, you know, an above, above league average rate, I mean, they're cooking with gas because Bulls' offense was really, really good, even despite the fact they didn't shoot a lot of threes. They were really good. I mean, they weren't even at full tilt. They were missing Patrick. They were missing Kobe. And Vooch was shooting like 25% from the field, and they were top 10 in offense. You know, so I think the offense has a lot, uh, a lot of potential growth available to it this year based on some of those internal developments. So, yeah, if Javante can pick up a three-pointer, I don't expect Drummond to, but if Javante and Io <laughs> can just up their attempts and Kobe, we get a full healthy year of Kobe, full healthy year of Pat, I think we're going to look a little bit different. I think we can get it closer to league average. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I noticed it with his free throws. Like his free throws look uh, more smooth with the ball is coming off his hand. Um, it's, 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 it's not like a crazy arc, but it's like a, a nice, like, you know, right. It's it's just a beautiful looking ball, like coming off his hand now, like more than it was before. So I, I've just been impressed. I really have because, you know, if you could, here's the deal. One of the other things that Javante is pretty good at is attacking closeout. Um, and, I mean, he's good enough for a couple dribbles. Like he, obviously he can't, you know, break somebody down off the dribble. But if you can get if he can get to a point where he's getting a crazy closeout, I mean, imagine him coming off a, a closeout and attacking a basket. I mean, I mean, so it's just like all he read. I think he when, when I think he might have talked about it in the uh, presser, but he said that's what he focused on was that you shooting the ball, um, ball handling, you know. So like in and it's it's showing. Um, the ball just looks nice coming off his hand. Now I didn't, like you said, I think last year, it, maybe it was like a little hitch or something like that. He had somewhere in there. And now it just looks more smooth. 
you know, and I'm just kind of, I don't know. It'd be pretty cool to see Javante out of all the, you know, think about like, you know, the Pat Bevs and like all these, you know, other uh, uh, NBA players that went through, I mean, got it out the mud, you know, started overseas, played on a couple NBA teams and just couldn't have the right opportunity. How cool would it be if Javante like really just took this and like ran with it, you know, and I'm not saying to be an all-star or anything like that, but just being like a, a positive, really good rotation player. Um, yeah. That would be really awesome, you know. So, hey, man. I mean, I'm I'm happy for him, and hey, honestly, it's a blessing in disguise for Pat. Honestly, if he if he can just not have so much pressure being put on his shoulders as a you know a young dude, and you know that'd be great. So, oh, Bulls won the Gafford trade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was uh he was kind of a throw-in in that deal. Um, from what it seemed on paper, uh, I just think it's interesting that. Uh, almost a year ago, we were talking about Javante Green in preseason, and he was a revelation then and is kind of fervoring that now. And I, I just like the fit of like it, it, it hasn't really mattered whether he's played off the bench or when he's in the game that he started. He's really just been the same player making the same impact. And he hustles. He's using his athleticism. He's looking good shooting the ball. He's active offensively. He's active on both sides of the ball. And he's just one of those guys who just seems to be a lightning rod of energy in that lineup. And that's really what this team needs. So um, if, if they decide to uh, start with him again, like I'm I'm good with that. And I, I think that can really be uh, beneficial uh, to the team. And I, I almost look at it like this, even on the downside, if Javante kind of has like a cold stretch like he kind of did uh last season like as a starter it's easier i think to kind of bring him off the bench than to like do the opposite where pat plays like poorly in the starting lineup then benching him kind of looks negative so i I think that there's kind of that aspect of it too so um yeah i I like the aspect of um of javante green uh uh, starting again uh going back to io because we were talking about uh shooting what have you guys noticed from io uh, in the preseason so far? And what are your general expectations for him going into the season? Um, so with Io, for me, like <laughs> watching him play, it, it, the one thing that like really comes pops off the page for me is his aggressiveness. Um, I think he's been more aggressive in terms of, you know, taking more shots. Um, right now, I mean, his three is looking a lot better. Um, you know, I mean – two for three, two for three, two for four tonight. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys, it just seems like, you know, AK and the coaching staff just told you, guys, work on your three ball. You know, we, 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 you know, there's so many, like Billy going into the, uh, you know, into the X means like there's so many times I can go into the the presser and tell them like, hey, we just want to take the right right shots. We're not going to force threes. Guys, we got to be able to shoot the three. Like, like you, like you know what I mean. Like so, it it just seems like you know these guys went and worked on their stroke, man. Because not only that, but IO as well. Like just getting into the paint, like getting more paint touches and collect. Like that's another thing. You know, there was only really like Zach and Demar that could get into paint and create. You know, getting defenses in rotation. Um, and like even Lonzo, like he would he would do it, but like it was off like an attack from Demar or Zach. Like if Io can be another player that can really, 
you know, off the bounce, get into the paint and get it and get defenses going and, and actually finish around the basket. Like, like tonight, I thought he, I thought he, you know, from what I've seen, like he finished around the basket. Okay. Um, so it's just like, I'm liking what I'm seeing in terms of offensively, defensively. I'm not really worried about IO. I, 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 the only thing I, that I, I want to continue to see get better is off ball defense, but like I, I, the type of player he is and, and, how, uh, how smart of a player he he is. I, I don't think that's going to be so much of a, uh, a big deal, uh, uh, um, you know, for going forward. I think he's going to continue to get better, but we already know how good of a point of attack defender he can be. Um, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's a slippery guy. You can't really screen him. Well, he's always going to be, he's got a very long wingspan. So like, you know, passing off the pick and roll, he makes it tough for you. So like, I'm not really worried about the defensive side of the ball offensively. I wanted to see, you know, is what, was he going to be aggressive? Was he going to be looking to get to a pull-up jump shot? Because here's the deal. Like a lot of people like pull-up ju- jump shooting is like pretty overstated. Like, I, I think people are like, oh, man, you got to be a p- good pull-up jump shooter. Like, yeah, you do. But, like, a lot of people just live live by it when they evaluate players. And I get it. <clears throat> but, like, that's one of the things that that I think Io can do, you know, especially if he's going to be more of a pick-and-roll ball handler. I think he could be a pretty good pull-up jump shooter. If you go back to college, he shot about, like, 45 46% on a good amount of pull-up jump shots in the mid-range. So, like, I think he needs to bring that. You know, be like some of these guys, like they just got to bring a different threat to make a defense want to worry about it, you know, uh, about different things. And I think that's what I want to see from Io, you know, is doing different things on offense. And I think he's doing that. Um, you know, he's with his opportunity, he had 10 opportunities tonight, 10 attempts. So it's like, I want to see that. You know, I want to see him be aggressive. I want to see him not just be a guy that catches and attacks off, off. Uh, you know, you know, he may have open three and he instead he attacks a short closeout. Like, no, I want him to be aggressive, take the three. Right. And you get a long closeout, attack that and create for your teammates. So, like, I- I'm looking for the offensive side of the ball from IO. And so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, I think there's there's something to be said about not only advantage creation, but advantage maintenance, like maintaining that advantage as a secondary ball handler. And, you know, we've got our guys that can create those advantages and Booch and Damar and Zach. And, um, you know, we had two of the best, I think advantage maintainers in Caruso and Lonzo. They're just so good at once that opening is found, once that defense is in rotation, maintain that advantage until they find the right shot. And I think I has done a really good job so far of, of kind of playing, stepping into that role. He looks more comfortable to me. Um, he's always been aggressive. Like he was aggressive last year, but he feels like he's playing more within himself. His shot does look better. His form looks better. And, you know, like tonight he had, you know, 14, seven and five, in, in um, you know, almost 30 minutes, but he just, he just seems so capable to me. I don't ever worry about IO. I just know he's, I know he's doing the right things out there. Um, as Laro said, you know, the defense, the only thing I worry about is off ball. A lot of what he did last year on defense was based off instinct and his own experience, which is not a lot. Um, he's going to learn, you know, off ball defense is a lot more about learning how to play on a string and, and how to play your defensive scheme. And so that's just going to take time, as Laro said. So I, I completely agree, but I'm really encouraged with Io. Like we know he worked this off season. Um, you know, we heard Laro and I heard uh, from a close source about how how confident he was that he was gonna he was gonna get that starting job. And and you know, I, I know both Laro and I have been kind of on that bandwagon of thinking that Io should um, should have the opportunity to start with Lonzo out, and he's he's taken advantage. So 
I don't see anything right now that would make me question that, that decision so far. Uh, obviously, speaking of IO, uh, as far as uh, all the guards that the Bulls have, um, there's going to be so many opportunities for various different lineups, for three, four guard lineups. Um, we've already seen Billy kind of mix and match things out there, trying to, you know, do different things that maybe we won't see in the regular season. Obviously, just testing things for now. Uh, more than likely, but what have you seen something with the, the various different guard lineups and, and what are some things that maybe excite you guys about those various type of lineups that could, you know, develop as, as we get into the regular season? I, I love them personally. I think it plays to the bull strengths. The bulls are really, really good in transition, getting, you know, hands in passing lanes. And when you've got quicker guards out there who have length, which the Bulls have stocked up on, everyone on our team is like 6'4", 6'5", with long wingspans. And so you got a lot of guys out there that can, you know, get deflections, get out lots of lots of good athletes, people who can run the break, um, and lots of good passers, people who can handle the ball. Like the Bulls have done a really, really nice job. As wonky as this roster can be sometimes, they've done a really good job of finding duplication in those skill sets. And so I think the four guard lineups are going to be really key for us, um, especially as we get later into the season when teams are slowing down and teams are trying to preserve guys. Having a that depth at guard is going to be really a luxury for us because um, they're going to be able to play in transition more. They're going to be able to play more aggressively, I think, on the defensive end. If you have Vooch and Drummond up at the level of the screen, that's an aggressive, you know, that's an aggressive defense. Um, and those guys are both pretty nimble for their size, but having really, really athletic guards that are playing, you know, the, the, the corners and playing out on the pick and roll is going to be really helpful. I think to that scheme and making it the most effective. We saw it, we saw it be really effective last season. The bulls were also a top 10 defense last season when they were healthy, which I don't think even, I don't think even the most optimistic of us would have predicted, but I mean, Lonzo and Caruso, and then to some extent, Javante and Io, I think really did a good job being aggressive on the perimeter. And I think those, those three or four guard lineups can be really effective to, you know, helping create those, those turnovers and just to, you know, it helps minimize, I think the bull's biggest weakness, which is still rim protection. I think rim protection defensively is still the bull's biggest weakness. And so the more aggressive you can manage to be on the perimeter and the more athletic you can be on that end and, and long, uh, I think that, that it helps you mitigate that that uh, that weakness. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think the 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 three guard lineup um, and different combinations like it's it's a, just a great way of, like for this roster like like Chris said and and it it, it it's so cool because I, I, Billy when he was in Oklahoma City like he his three guard lineups are really effective. Um, and they got to the playoffs and they were a good defensive team. Uh, so it's just like, let them, let's go, you know, let's go play fast pace. Let, let's, 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 uh, you know, you got a bunch of guys with long wingspans. Let's, let's muck things up at the point of attack and, you know, have these guys rotating like crazy on the back end, get your hands on deflections, get some steals, play up and down. Um, I am all for it. Um, I think it's really cool. Um, also too, with, with Lonzo not being here, like I think, the cool thing is like each guard brings a different skill set 
in a way. Like, I think like Lonzo was so cool because like, he's just so unique. Like he has so many things that he brings to a team um, and one player. But like, I think with these guards, these different guards, they all have that, uh, a certain skill set that this team needs. Um, and with Gorn is that pick and roll um, ball handler. Um, when you don't have uh, Zach and, and, you know, if DeMar's off ball or something, I don't know, but like, like he brings that pick and roll ball handler decision-making um, out of the pick and roll. And then you got Kobe who also is getting, getting, a, getting, getting better in pick and roll. Um, but he's a good shooter. Uh, and then you got like Io, who's who's improving. He's a good defender. He's improving offensively. So they, you know, obviously we already know about Zach, but like one of the things, like I know, uh, we're we're gonna get to him at some point. Uh, but Dalen, I'm I gotta be honest. I didn't. I, I wasn't a big fan of the Dalen pick. I wasn't, um, and mostly because of the shooting. Um, I, it just wasn't a lot there, a lot of, uh, you know, the numbers. And when you watch the games that he played at Arizona, like they, they didn't pop it, and it also didn't pop on the screen, you know? So I was worried about that, but, you know, watching him play, it, it just, I don't know, man. Like I, don't, I he's growing on me. He's growing on me heavy. And, and he's another dude that is so versatile. You want to, you know, like he's got the size, he's got the length, he can handle the ball. He's a really good, you know, and Chris brought up the the point of, of, uh, of advantage maintenance. He does that. He can do that, he, you know? And so defensively, you need another guard one through three, you know, some fours. He can do that. So it's like, and you know, the kid's not going to be afraid of the moment. Like he, that's one thing I'm not worried about him with, you know? So it's like, I wonder, man. When is he gonna get a get a get a chance to to maybe get in some different kind of combinations and lineups and see how it works? Because he makes you think. He really makes you think because he has that 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 the toughness, the if factor. He has the passing, he has the the ball handling and the transition. Like that's another thing, right? Where Lonzo was really good at is that transition, you know, ball handler, floor general. I think Dalen has that in him, you know. So he's another dude in terms of guard rotation. Um, I wonder, I wonder about. Right. So, no, sorry. I just wanted to mention a comment on, on Dale. And it's, it's interesting because like, like both, all of you guys know how much I love like that, the cockiness in players when guys just, you know, know how good they are and have like that, that just loud confidence. I, you know, I appreciate people like the humble players, but like, no, don't get me humble. Like tell me you're good and, and talk that shit, you know? Um, this kid, ha- he talks that shit. He believes in himself. Like, the motor is at, like, 200%. Like, the guy comes out there running off the bench, and he's running nonstop. Um, I, I, that's what I'm wondering. Like, will he force himself into rotation? And I guess I look at who he could take minutes from. Um, obviously, Goran is one of the players that maybe he, could st- he would probably steal minutes from. And – Obviously, with Lonzo being out for a while, that's not going to be – he wouldn't steal minutes from Lonzo, obviously, if he was healthy, but Lonzo's out for a while. And then maybe Kobe, too. I don't know what's going to happen with Kobe. Not, And this is not a shot at Kobe because I, I still believe in Kobe. Uh, he's a very young player. I, I think he just needs an opportunity, 
as far as minutes and things are concerned, I think we're seeing gradual improvements from Kobe over the, from like last year, we saw improvements and developments and certain things like, especially when he like on, on little things, like when he's driving to the basket and years past, he would just, it was, it was a shot. Like he was going to shoot the ball, lay, try to lay it in or whatever. But now you're kind of seeing him make those reads at, at finding guys cutting to the basket, finding guys underneath the basket and things like that. You're seeing more so, I, I feel like. And there is really two nice examples today, at least from the first half that I saw, where he was he was driving to the basket and he saw uh, Caruso cutting two times and and gave the, the, the ball to Caruso for a nice bucket for a couple of nice buckets. Um, and then just in general, his defense has gone, but it's still inconsistent. He still gets beat, but I think we're seeing improvements there. So again, this is not a shot at Kobe, not to go off my tangent from a Dalen, but like those are the guys I can kind of see Dalen eventually stealing minutes from just because depending on where the direction the bulls go at the trade deadline. Um, and, and just in general, if, if, we 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 need those little different things that um, Lonzo brings to the table, especially on on his full court ability to kind of just when he gets a when he gets the ball, Lonzo's always looking up the court, right, to see if he can get a quick bucket, and that's kind of what Dalen does. Dalen has that instinctual uh, ability, like he has a he has a, I feel like he has a high feel for the game. Like when I watch him play, he, he's very he has the uh, a nose for the ball and he knows like, look, let, like when I get the ball, I'm going to try to find guys that are, are cutting to the basket. Like some of the passes he makes are so like very nice passes. Like, like, how did he see him? Like, Oh, this the instinctually he's really right there. So those are the kind of things I think about. Those are the players that I see. Maybe he could steal minutes from eventually. Um, what, what are your guys thoughts on that? As far as like, him forcing himself into that rotation. I mean, with IO last year, I know we both Larry and I were like, I'm not sure he's going to get minutes with IO, but there's always injuries. There's always situations where guys are going to find minutes guys are going to find time. So I think you're right. I love what I've seen from Dalen from a playmaking standpoint. You're right. Now his handle is a little bit kind of high and loose right now, which, you know, once he gets on a scouting report, he's going to have to probably clean that up, but he's gotten away with it so far. And his, you know, his, his off the dribble passing has been really good. He's really good at finding guys, he's got good vision. I think his defense has been as advertised so far. Um, now they ran a Spain pick and roll. If you guys remember right at the end of half, I think it was um, where I think Wancho Herman Go- Hernan Gomez got a, th- a drill to three out of it. Um, and if you watch Dalen, <laughs> he didn't know how to defend it. Um, I think that was the play. I, mean, I, I can't remember, but I admit there was a Spain pick and roll that, that happened and he got, he got caught on the back end of it. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be stuff like that off the ball, but I think he's been as good as advertised. I think I'm, I see him more kind of playing a small forward role. If that, if that were my guess, because if you see, you know, guys like Javante and Derek Jones, kind of playing that, that wing role a little bit for us. I think that's where I would expect him to kind of step in the most one, because of how much depth we have at guard, but two, but kind of, he kind of replicates that skill set. but he's got a little bit more, he's obviously got more passing chops than either of those guys. So we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't expect a lot early, but it's a long season. And as the Bulls saw last season, you can't have, you can't have a deep enough bench. Um, like you really need, 
to not be playing Matt Thomas and Tony Bradley, like high minutes, not those guys, nothing against those guys, but like that was an outsized role for both of them. Um, and I think if we can, you know, and even, and even Troy Brown jr. So Dalen Terry is a rookie, so I don't expect a lot from him, but I think if he can replicate those things that we've seen so far in the preseason, he's going to be a valuable deep bench piece at, at minimum. And I think if, you know, if he has to, I think it can, you know, stand in on, uh, in the rotation if there's injuries. Yeah. I mean, uh, real quick, I, I think also too, just to go along with what you guys were saying, like he's one of those guys too, where if you're a player that, you know, you know, you, you feel like, you know, your role in your spot is, is, set in stone so some games you don't give everything or, or maybe you're having a tough stretch of ball games like he's one of those players that if you slip whenever he gets his chance he's gonna show up so as he he adds that like yeah he's your teammate but he also adds that like fire under your under whoever it is that's ahead of him in the head ahead of him in the rotation whereas like if young buck gets his shot he's gonna try to take it he's already said it like he's gonna do anything he said it like I, and that's I think that's why I'm liking him so much because like he's honest and he's real and he you could the way he plays he exudes it you know and and I rem, in the press conference he's like yeah I'll do whatever it takes to get minutes I don't, I don't care whatever they need me to do you know whatever they need I'll do it I, I whatever it takes to get minutes I'm like God like you know like I love players like that like oh man and he'll he, you better you better be on your game. Uh, because that that's the type of player that when you at home going to sleep, he probably in the gym looking at film, just preparing himself for whenever his opportunity comes. So I love I love having a player like that on the roster because he just always is going to have you on your, your hey man hey like he's one of those players like I've had players in the past like he may not be starting you know and maybe maybe he's just a guy that I that that I, I he has potential but I just want him to come off the bench for right now until he fully gets what he needs to get going he's the guy that you know if I drop a play and the player that I have starting makes a bad pass I'm like hey coach I can make that pass I'm telling you I can make that pass coach next time you draw it up like I, I can do it and he just he always coming in hey, hey I can do that coach like, hey I know you drop like he I feel like that's him you know he's always gonna be a bill bill I can you know you see me doing it in practice I could do it you know, so like I love Dalen, man, and I, I'm not trying to be too meatball or anything like that. I just really like when it, even the X's and, X's and O's, like the 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 defense, like yes, he's a rookie, so like he's gonna get got. Io got got in Spain pick and roll last year. You know, I remember in the Toronto Raptors game. That, you know, that's so, a tough. That's a tough thing to defend. Yeah, it, it is. A, is and, and by the way, and just to clarify, it wasn't the the one turn on Gomez one is not the Spain pick and roll. This one happened. The one against Dalen Terry happened in late in the third quarter. And Delano Banton ended up getting a dunk out of it. That was so my bad. I just want to clarify. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I, I'm going to watch after this anyway. But yeah, man, I mean, I mean, gosh, it's so funny how things can change, man. Because I'm not a guy that like, you know, I don't like Jalen. So whenever th- anything he does good, I'm not going to talk about. But when he does something negative, I'm going to talk about. No, I'm not. That's not me. Like, I I like what I've seen from him. And I, I hey, I'm kind of happy we got to play like this, man. You know, but um. I'm bullish on Dalen. And so whenever he gets this chance, I'm 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 gonna be ready to sit down and see what he does. Um so I'm you know, I'm gonna fall off Dalen and 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 you know, just nah. uh, get back in his combo. I I'm I wanna go on the record and say I think he's a hit pick. I think he's gonna be like one of the guys that when you know we look at AK's draft record, obviously Io is a hit pick. Um I know Pat, I think 
Pat will figure his stuff out. But I, I want to go on record saying I think we got one. Like we, we got a steal in that late first round pick. I think. Here's the thing, Salim. I, I feel comfortable with that because I just want to say, like everything we've said, I've seen from Summer League, just the way he plays, his feel for the game, the little nuanced things that he does. Um, I know the shooting is is a, a question mark, but I feel like I can I, I can this like this this form I've seen from him, um, from Summer League and I like I can I can see him becoming a, a decent catch and shoot player. Like I'm not envisioning this guy becoming a star or anything like that. That's what I'm saying. Um, but I think this guy's going to be a solid rotation player for a long time in this league. Well, I agree with you, what I was saying and starting up. But um, if you look at what AK has been doing, uh, as far as the type of person he's been drafting, he drafts guys that can dribble, that can pass, that can defend, that have length, right? The shooting is always the wild card. I think Patrick Williams could shoot a little bit, um, and, and so could Io, but it wasn't as they weren't known as like knockdown shooters. But I think of those of those skills, right? Shooting, passing, dribbling, defending. Shooting is the easiest one to teach. The easiest one to teach. And it's not like, I mean, you look at Alonzo Ball. No one, none of the guys who drafted had shots formed that look like Lonzo Ball. And Lonzo Ball is now one of the best perimeter shooters in the league. I mean, he was right. the best three and D guy in the league as far as just how good his defense was and how good his three-point shooting was. He was the best at both of them in the league, I think. And so I have no doubt that like, that's the, that I have no doubt I have no problems with that philosophy of AK going after guys like that, especially if you're drafting 18, as you said, Salim, you're not expecting the star out of that spot. You're, if you can get a quality rotation player on a you know, contract that's, you know, four years, that's a, that's a great, that's a great pick in the draft. And, and, you know, a lot of friends that I had that talk about the draft, including Laro. That was not their pick. That was Dalen was nowhere near 18 on a lot of their boards, but I don't understand this thing where you like pick your guys and then hate on anyone, <laughs> like hate on other guys. Like I love, I love Fred, but Fred does this with Javante green and Fred does this with like his guys and Mark's oh. doing it now with his guys. And like, Fred, Fred just don't understand that with that. Dalen too, because he didn't like the Dalen pick. So he's probably going to nitpick Dalen all season. I so. just think <laughs> with any player, you got to have patience. And I think you should have optimism. Like these guys are going to get better. You should root for optimism. You should root for them to get better. You, like don't, don't pick an ax to grind. Like there's how, what's that going to do for you? That just makes you look like a hater. I just think, I, I think if, even if Dalen Terry was not your pick, like Io was not the guy I would have chosen last year. I am so happy we picked Io. I'm so happy to be wrong. There's no ego in that. Like I got ego about other things. Like I'm not trying to say I'm, <laughs> I'm that guy. But like as far as basketball players go, man, just just be happy that they're succeeding. And and I think you got nothing to lose from having that dude. No, hundred percent. I, I think uh, shout out to Corey Tulliver though. Corey was on the Dalen. He want he he liked Dalen from the before the draft that he was kind of hoping that Dalen would fall to the bulls. So, or would be there for the bulls uh, to take at least. So uh, shout out to Corey. He, I think he was one of the draft people out there that uh, was a Dalen Terry guy. Yeah, absolutely. He was in on uh, Justin Lewis as well. Uh, we won't get to see uh, Lewis's season, but uh, he was really impressed by what we, uh, by Lewis and thought he should have been a first round pick. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see Lewis when he uh, comes back from uh, his uh, ACL injury. So 
uh to wrap i wanted to get uh some predictions for the upcoming season uh i can't remember if we got predictions for the bull season as well from you guys on your uh solo episodes but we'll add that to it so uh let's let's go around and we'll do um we'll do bulls record we'll do east and west dark horse one disappointing team and we'll do one rookie to watch for so uh we'll start with you Lero. Do all of them, Lero. All at the same time. (laughs) All of them. All of them at the same time in less than 10 seconds. And go. (laughs) Um, So, Bulls first. All right. So, Bulls record. uh, East and West Dark Horse. Okay. Uh, Give me one disappointing team and one rookie to watch for. Okay. So, for the Bulls, um, I'm going to go six seed. Anywhere from six to like I could obviously I could see them being a playing team as well because how crazy the East is. But I'll go optimistic ceiling for me. Uh and I'll go I'll go six seed. Um I'll go probably I would probably go where they were la- around where they were last year, maybe 46, 45, 47 wins. Um East and West Dark Horse, right? So I'll go west. Uh, West Dark Horse. Oh man, this is good, man. Um, let me. Okay, you know what? Let me go disappointment first. Okay, let me go. Can I go disappointment first? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, okay. So West disappointment, and as much as this hurts my soul, because I'm a big fan of this guy, that a lot of people call Mr. Glass. Uh, it. it I, I think the Lakers are going to disappoint. I, I there's just something, and I don't know. Maybe some people don't have a big you know, expectation for them, but I think they're going to disappoint. Um, that's, that's one for me. Um, for the East, I would say, goodness, man, this one's tough. Maybe I'll probably go again. Another team that I probably like one of the players i really, really am a big fan of probably the nets probably, uh, my pick as well as, as a disappointment for the East. Man, um, now for the dark horse, for the West, I think the dark horse is going to be, and and, and this may be, uh, I don't, I don't know how people will think about it. Maybe because because for me, I think they still have a lot of qu- questions to answer, especially with the new acquisition. Um, but they can't be a dark horse. Minnesota is definitely not a dark horse. Um, gosh, man. Mm. This one's tough. Yeah. Would it be Denver? Would Denver fit? No, because they got Jokic, so it wouldn't be a dark one. Man, this is tough, man, for, for the West. Uh, maybe... Mm. No, I don't know. No love right, for the man. Kings? No love for the Kings? No, <laughs> no the, King, the Kings... The guy, you know the what? Guy they're probably hyped. they're probably a good a good pick. Um, they they got some talent around there, uh, and they also have the rookie that I was going to bring up for for the most uh, immediate impact rookie is is in Keegan Murray. I think Keegan Murray's Murray's going to be a guy that we look at and just be in awe of. I think he has shown his ability to score, and I think he's shown a better 
a better ability, uh, more versatility on the defensive side than than what people were expecting, or at least I was expecting. Because I didn't know what position he would defend, and he's done a really good job of you know defending whatever whoever he can defend. So, um, so Keegan Murray would be my rookie, immediate rookie impact. Uh, Kings will probably be my dark horse, and then for the East, the dark horse Charlotte Hornets. There we go. All right, Chris. Uh, how about you go next? Wait, wait, dark horse. Charlotte Hornets are dark horse for what? <laughs> to drop to the bottom of the lottery or what? What? Are, what's the dark horse? <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, Bulls record. I'm not sure what seed they're going to finish, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to be better than last season as far as record. I think they're going to have a really strong second half. I think they're going to hold water for the first half. Um, I think people are going to underestimate them. They already, they already are. I and mean, people are picking the bulls to be like the team that's going to just suck and tank, you know, just as not tank as far as like lottery odds, but tank as far as performance in this crowded East. Um, so I, I think they're going to win 48 or more uh, this, this year. So uh, let's see East and West dark horses, right? Is that the next one? All right, so the West, I'm going New Orleans Pelicans. I'm going to I think I think they're going to get a top 4 seed in the West this year. Um so that's my dark horse. It's a dark horse, it's a dark horse for a reason, but I, I think they I think they've got the talent to absolutely do it. In the East, this one's tougher for me. Um I'm going to pick the Miami Heat and here's why. Miami Heat are good. No one expects them to be terrible, but I think no one. Ex- I think people expect them to probably drop out of the top three, top four because of the loss of PJ Tucker. I think Miami Heat have done a great job of picking guys off off the scrap heap and making them rotation players. Have done it for years. They've taken guys from the Bulls scrap heap, in fact, and done it. Uh, shout out Extras, and I just don't. I think they're going to keep rolling. I think Kyle Lowry had a really kind of tough year last year and he had some person, he was out for personal reasons early on. And I think that kind of took him out of shape a little bit and they had a ton of injuries and they were still top seed in the East for most of the year, right behind, right behind us. And they overtook us after all-star break. So I think Miami heat are going to surprise a lot of people with how good they still are uh, this season. Um, Disappointing teams out East. I'm going to pick the Celtics and it's not because I don't think the Celtics have all the talent in the world. I think they do. I think their top eight, nine guys are really, really good. But Salim, you and I have talked about this. Their health last season was exceptionally good in comparison to a lot of the teams in that, in that kind of tier. I think, and we've already seen it obviously with Robert Williams is out to start the year. And, um, and uh, Gallo is out for the whole year with his, you know, ACL tear. So I think, I think the Celtics rotation on from like 10 to 15 is just a little too thin. And I think that's really going to hurt them in regular season wins. Now healthy in the playoffs, I'm picking them almost any, over anybody, but maybe Milwaukee. Um, so it's not, it's not a, a, some sort of dig on Celtics organization or their players. I, I just think that the, the regular season's about depth and they don't have a lot right now. And, and their injury luck, I think is probably going to swing back. To, to to normal. I think they had pretty good luck last year, although they got hit with COVID pretty hard. 
I, I think their injury luck was, was fairly good. So, um, this appointment out West, uh, I'm going to say the Mavericks or the, no, actually, no, the Mavericks are too easy. I think I'm going to pick the Grizzlies <laughs> because they were really good. They were second in the East. They were second in the West last year. They were really good. I picked them to be 11th last year. I thought, I thought the loss of Valanciunas was going to be big and they just rolled right through it. Um, so we'll see, but I think the Grizzlies are going to take a step back this season. Um, well, they, they need to make a trade. They need to consolidate a little bit. And I think they really need to get rid of, not get rid of, that sounds bad. I don't think that um, Dylan Brooks is the guy to keep going with. I think they can, I think they need to flip him for something that fits a little bit more with their team. But um, rookie to watch, Tari Eason in the Rockets. I think that was the guy when... When 17 was not picked yet, I was like, that's the guy I want the Bulls to pick. And the Rockets picked him up at 17. So he's been really, he's been really fun to watch so far in preseason. So I, I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch this season, even though the Rockets, I mean, the Rockets should be fun. They're not going to be great, but they're going to be fun. So All right. I think that's everything, right? I think so. Mind if I go next time? All right, cool. So Bulls record, um, it's not so like, <sighs> I feel like 45, 46 wins again around that. Um, just not not because I think, like, they'll take a step back or anything. I just think that the East got better in a sense, and there's other moving parts involved. Like, I, I feel like the, they could win 45, 46 games but still be a better team throughout the season. Like, I don't necessarily think that means you got worse as a team. Like, building into the playoffs – you likely are more prepared to uh, for a playoff battle, potentially. So uh, that's what I'm about to, to looking at. I'm looking that they probably get uh, uh, that fifth seed. That's what I'm, th- I'm thinking right now. Um, looking at teams that are dark horses in the East and the West, I'll say in the West, uh, I'm right with Chris Pelicans. I like I look at Zion and I think they're going to make that Grizzlies. They're going to be this year's Grizzlies and just really come out strong. I really like the makeup of their roster. Uh, CJ McCollum adding him to the mix, like as a veteran, mixing in with a lot of their young players. Um, I, I love Brandon Ingram, like the game, the way he's developed over the years. Like his, his, his offensive game is so freaking smooth. Like I, I love that kid, that guy. I love watching him play. I love obviously Herbert Jones. Man, that kid, that kid could be defensive player of the year. That's how good he is. Like I just love that all the makeup. I like I like Jose Alvarado, the little pest. <laughs> He's a little pest, man, but I like him. Uh, that that team that team's gonna be must watch TV. I feel like. Um, and it's like I said, Zion. If Zion can give him like seventy games this year, and he looks. He looks leaner than he's ever looked. So I, I got them as my dark horse out west to really maybe even make a run at the Western Conference Finals. I mean, obviously, that's not a lock for them, but that's why it's a dark horse. Um, in the east, a dark horse, I'll go with um, – I don't know if you can count them. I mean, I'm going to count them as a dark horse in a sense, like the Cavs. Um, I know, like – 
people have certain teams that walk for the top four. People have teams like obviously the Bucks, the Sixers, uh, Miami, and Boston as a top four. I think the Cavs are going to finish with like a top two or three record. Um, I know they have certain deficiencies on the perimeter defensively. I don't think that's going to matter in the regular season as much. I think the playoffs, that's a bigger deal. Um, I love their guard play. Obviously, the two, like Garland and and Donovan Mitchell, is obviously their stars, their studs. Uh, but they got other guards, too, that are really interested in how they mix in. Um, O'Shea Baji, the rookie, like, it'll be interesting if he can kind of crack in some minutes, but... But there's a lot of guards on that team that they can mix and match. They're another interesting team to look at with with three four guard line, like three guard lineups that they could potentially uh, trot out there. Um, disappointment. I'm gonna go with the Celtics. I feel like they'll disappoint for the same reasons that Chris did, said, but that with their depth, like it'll be interesting how healthy they can remain. But also this M Adoka stuff, like I think that could weigh into this season on the rest of the team. Um, that's going to be interesting how that plays out. I, I feel like that could hurt them. Um, I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs or anything like that, but I can see them finishing it with a bottom four playoff record. Um, and then, then maybe they figure things out when the playoffs come around, but I, I do think that's going to hit them uh, and they won't finish as one of the top two, three teams in the league or uh, record wise, at least. Out west, a similar situation. There's a lot of chaos in right now uh, with the Phoenix Suns. I feel like, you know, Chris Paul, I think he's bound to start looking like his age. Um, that's my prediction with that. And then obviously with Aiton's situation, like that's just a very bizarre stuff going on there. Um, like you saw the quote, obviously, on Media Day. They've, they've done like these um, – this promotional stuff and the promotional video, he's just like, like, how, how are you sending a guy that does not want to be there to do promotional videos? Uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like he, it's going to, it's going to hit the chemistry in the locker room. There's probably going to be rough patches. I, I can see them finishing not in the top four in, in, in the standings. Um, and then what was left? Oh, rookie, rookie wise. Uh, interesting. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, rookie to watch. I'm going to go with Mark Williams. I'm I'm very interested because I really – I was hoping Mark Williams would fall to the Bulls. I know, like, people want to wing and stuff like that. That's what the Bulls wanted. But, like, he intrigues me a lot as, as a prospect. Um, and the stuff that he already provides, the Hornets lack. Like, they need that size, the defense, the defense, the length. All that stuff, like they they don't really have a guy in the middle that can provide those various uh, tools. I feel like he provides that right away. Obviously, the jump shot's going to be interesting if you can develop that over over uh, the next you know whatever years that it takes, um, and that could probably really pop his game into being like maybe not a star. I don't know if a star is the right word, but being a really big impact player. But like I'm interested in in his fit right away with that team. Um, especially when you have a guy like Lamelo, um, who finds guys. That's because right now he's probably a strong rim runner. So that's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be fun watching that on offense. And then, like I said, the things that he provides uh, defensively, rebounding, and all those various little things that the Hornets kind of probably need from their big. Um, 
I'm interested to see how that works out there. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Bulls. Forty-four wins. Uh, I think there's. I think their range is really somewhere, but like forty-four to forty-eight. Um, so I'm gonna roll forty-four. The East is a little tougher, so I'm gonna go with that. Uh, Dark Horse team. Uh, I, I have to agree with Lero. I, I'm going the Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> and uh, I, I may be a, a tad biased uh, being in Charlotte, but um, I, I think their roster. Obviously, the Miles Bridges situation is really unfortunate, but I, I think they still have a, a very good roster. And they added a coach. They were their new coach. Uh, well, not even really new, but. Uh, Clifford is a great defensive coach and gets a lot out of those rosters. And that is really their biggest downfall is defense. So I I think they're likely to make some sort of defensive improvement this season. And I I could see them being a team that, you know, comes out of nowhere a little bit and does something in the Eastern Conference. Not saying they're going to like contend, but I could see them kind of like, you know, messing up the, the play in picture a little bit. So, uh, I'm going to say they're a team the, that might sneak up on some people. Um, Western Conference Dark Horse. I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I, I think Luka Doncic, this might be the MVP year. And uh, we, we saw them get to the Western Conference Finals last year. They, I, I think they have a better roster around him. I like the Christian Wood acquisition. Uh, they have some shooters. I, I think Doncic could really get this team very far, and I, I, I think this really is the MVP year for him. Like it, it's inevitable to happen at some point, so I, I'm taking it this year. So uh, there are a lot of teams that people are picking over the Mavericks. So I'm going with them as a team that I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they get back to the Western Conference Finals this year. Um, disappointing team. Uh, I'm going to go Brooklyn too. Uh, Brooklyn, their their range of outcomes to me really are all over the place. And it's really just because of the personality standpoint. Like we really don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. Like there could be locker room stuff. Like the, the things that were happening in the offseason with they wanted to like with the ultimatum with Nash and the front office. Like there's so many different storylines uh, going on with Brooklyn, it's really like a WWE pay per view. So, like their their range of outcomes are everywhere. So, I could see a scenario where they just kind of go haywire and they really disappoint. But um, yeah, I'm gonna roll with them. And then the uh, other on rookie to watch. Uh, y'all picked all the good ones, honestly. Uh, Eason, it, for me, it was down to Eason and Mark Williams. And I'm going to say Mark Williams because he was really somebody that I was really hoping would slide to the Bulls. Just so, I, I love watching him play defense, and I just love how active he is everywhere on the glass. And I think his offensive potential was a little underrated. Like, I think, I think he's actually going to be able to knock down some jump shots when he kind of rounds into – uh, form as an NBA player like his form looked okay to me when I uh watched him at Duke so I I could see him for like similar reasons Celine mentioned um Charlotte really need needed that rim running big man for a while with that defensive presence and I think Mark Williams is gonna be like a big time favorite of uh of Steve Clifford in Charlotte so I'm gonna say he is uh my rookie to watch 
So, yo, those those are those are all of our uh, predictions for the upcoming season. Chris and Laro, this has been a uh, a blast again to discuss everything with you guys. We love having you as always. Can you let our listeners know what you're working on right now and where they can follow you at and see your work? Yeah, um, you can follow both Laro and I on Twitter. I'm at KLA Hoops. Laro is at underscore Laro Hoops, I believe, right? I don't think you changed it. <laughs> so Laro and I are actually, um, we're, we've been working on something for a few months now that we are really excited to to show you guys later this week, hopefully. Um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be really cool. But you know, Laro and I are are going to be working together again, so I'm excited to announce that at least. Uh, we'll let you guys know on what and, and kind of what on what magnitude, but just really excited to get back into the NBA season and expand our skill sets a little bit more. You know, I'm I'm kind of late to the game in being a basketball fan. <laughs> As you guys know, it wasn't until I was probably like 27 that I really started watching basketball seriously. So I I'm just so happy to get to learn um learn more basketball, learn from really great guys like you. Um appreciate you having us on. And I'm just excited for what the future holds as a fan and, and, you know, being able to analyze and learn more about the game. Cause it's such a beautiful game. Basketball is beautiful. And, um, it's just so much fun to get to, to watch these guys play and, and hopefully have, you know, have the bulls have a great year again. And it was really fun to watch last year. And, and, uh, yeah, so that's where you can find us. Um, Laro, I know you got some parting words for us. Yeah, Please. man. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this, this new project, uh, especially because I've always been just so locked in on the bulls, you know, and, um, this new project is going to allow me to kind of, which I mean, I could have done it before, but you know, with this, you know, I kind of, I'm excited to reach out, you know, talk about other teams and, and watch other schemes and, and expand some of my more my knowledge you know of other teams so i'm i'm, I'm a little bit excited man I'm, a, I'm not a little bit i'm a, really excited you know um so i can't we, we can't wait to kind of you know put this stuff out and hear some of this good you know good or bad feedback all of it is is welcomed you know to make us better but i'm i'm excited for this i really am this was this is always always fun to talk to ed and salim um, didn't really get to hear that, that, that Ed voice as much as I like to <laughs> like to hear it, but you know, this is always fun, man. So thank you guys, man. Thank you for allowing us to come on here and, and talk some of that ball with y'all. You guys are family. You guys are family yeah. with us. Yeah, Seriously. absolutely, man. And, uh, I'm, my voice is still recovering a little bit, a little cracked, uh, from yesterday, <laughs> but no, it, it's always a blast, uh, hearing you guys break down the game because you break it down like really no one else can and uh i agree with chris that uh laryl rants are uh those are much needed so i'm hoping for the pro the upcoming project that you guys are working on that we're going to get some more of those (laughs) on that uh but yeah yeah as usual always always grateful for you guys to come by and drop some knowledge uh salim you got any uh uh, final thoughts before we uh, wrap up yeah i'm the you know chris and laryl they're they're my like family brothers. Like I, I really feel like, you know, we've, we've known each other for only maybe a couple of years now. I feel like, 
Um, we've hung out a little bit. Like I know Chris has had impromptu one impromptu trip. This he decided to come out here and we hung out. It was really cool. Like it didn't feel weird. Like you know, sometimes when you meet a, a person that you've never really hung out with, it didn't feel weird. Like when Chris and I hung out, like it just felt felt normal. Um, like Lero and I have hung out. I'm trying to get you out here, Ed. You, I don't know yeah. when you're gonna come out here, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna to get I'm, you out. Here, yeah, man. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be in Chicago, man. Um, uh, yeah. So like you know, just stuff like that, you know. And Chris and Lero, man, I'm so jealous of how good you guys are. Like I wish I was as good as good as you. Like the way both of you talk about the game, the perspectives that you bring, man. It's just so like so nuanced and so good. Both of you, like I know Chris likes to. Pretend like he's not that good, man, but you're you're so damn good. Like the way you have the eye as far as a front office eye, this knowing the CBA, uh nuanced about that stuff. Uh Lero coach, I call you coach, man. Coach, you're coach. You are. You bring you see the game through the eye of a coach, man. Everything. I'm excited for your new project, man. I can't wait. That you know, you know me, man. I'm gonna be one of the the first people out there with my Lero and Chris sign. And, and you know, I'll be I'll be I'll be right there with you guys. So yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. And like I said, you know, it's always fun talking hoops with 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 friends. Really appreciate you, man. Really do appreciate all those nice words, man. But uh, they're the truth, man. Gosh, appreciate it, guys. Y'all, hey man, first of all, y'all giving up all all giving us all this love, but y'all brothers break down the game good as well too. You know, give me, hey man. Hey, I'm just hey, saying. We, we try to do a little something, something on here, man. <laughs> just a little something, something on here, man. That's all we can. That's all we can say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to. Uh, I'm gonna try to write this. I'm gonna really try. I, even if it's just like sounds like there's ramblings of a madman, I'm gonna still try writing this year and just for myself. Like hmm. maybe, maybe you guys will read it and no one else will. Maybe no one will read it at all, but I'm I'm gonna write. I'm gonna see if I can pump out a couple of articles this year. I'm gonna commit myself to do it, even if it takes me like an entire month to write one article. I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pump out some stuff this year. I, I gotta do it for myself only. I don't I don't need to try to do anything like try, guys like obviously Will Gottlieb. You know, Mark mm-hmm. K does a great job. Lero, when you write your stuff, like the way you see the game as a coach, Chris, man, your stuff flows so nicely. Like I, the DeMar article is, it was fantastic. And like, you were a hundred percent on point with everything you talked about in that article with DeMar. Um, so stuff like that. And obviously you've written other stuff about Zach and things like that too. Um, I'd want to, I kind of want to start doing that. That's something I've always wanted to do. It just, I kind of always been gun shy about doing it. So I'm, I'm going to definitely try to get some stuff out today, this, this season. Can't wait, man. It's going to be awesome. And it's writing so fun. It's just a different way. It, it forces you to think about things in a different way when you get them out on paper. So I highly recommend it. I'm not, uh, I'm not the greatest at committing to writing all the time, but I, this new project is going to have, going to have that opportunity for both Laro and I, I think, and, um, I'm excited to write about the bulls and, uh, and a lot more, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, do it. I'm, I'm loving the teasers for this. So we're we're looking forward to the uh, the formal announcement of uh of your guys' next project. And yeah, we can't wait to support it, and we can't wait for uh everyone else to support it as well. Um, but that concludes today's uh, episode of Bulls Gold. As always, you can catch us 
uh, on the Barroom Network. Check out past shows wherever you get your podcasts. And for Salim Sudwala, I'm Edward Schuler. This has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time, Bulls fans.